This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is David Mooney from the Blue Moon Podcast. He's on to give us the Manchester City view of this upcoming match against Fulham. We have a lot to talk about in this preview episode, but I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to welcome David to the show. David, how are you doing? Thank you for joining me today. I'm all good, thanks. It's snowing here in, uh, in well, where I'm in, in Stockport. Really? So it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gone a bit chilly. <laughs> <laughs> well, where I am, it's going to be snowing tomorrow, so I'll be joining you. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not looking forward to that. But listen, David, thank you so much for joining me. Two seasons ago, I actually had on Richard Burns. He gave us a great preview, and I thought I would contact you guys again and uh, learn about what's going on with Manchester City. You guys do a great job on the Blue Moon podcast, and you and I were thank talking you. off air a little bit what's been going on. So let's just get going. Let's get started and just give us an overview of the season so far for Manchester City. They are 11th, but as you talk to me off air, there's a game in hand and there are reasons why they are where they are. Let's just talk about that to get us going. Yeah, it's it's been a bit of a, I'm not going to say it's been a great start. It's been a bit hit and miss at, at, at times. Um, but like you say, that, that game in hand kind of skews the picture a little bit for City at the moment with with a win in that game, uh, City are three points off the top of the table and yeah. everyone's feeling good about, about how the season started. Um, there are some issues. Uh, they, I, I feel like they have sorted the defence out from last season with, with the one exception being that game against Leicester. Um, they feel like they're defending a lot better. They're just not scoring goals like, like they were last season and the seasons before. That said, obviously they've just put five past Burnley. It's it, it's a good game to to kind of get out of your system and and to, to to get some goals back into the team. But before that, it was weeks and weeks and weeks of, of just one goal in Premier League games, and it's been years since City have have, have had those sorts of struggles. Um, last season they were they were creating a lot of chances and missing them. This season so far, they. Burnley game aside, they haven't created that many chances and they've missed them as well. And that, that kind of set alarm bells ringing. So to, to have a game where you, where you just turn up, you put five past a team and go, actually, we can do this. And yes. like, th- this is how it, this is how it feels to, to kind of go back and, and, and get playing that great attacking football again. Um, I'm hoping that's the kind of kickstart for the season and, and, and that they remember how to create chances like they were doing. Um, I, I, I do think. 
the unique pressures of this season, the way that that COVID has obviously affected the season, the fact that we're playing, I think it's about, I I think it's a a six month season with a a nine month season in six months. Um, I think City are one of the teams that are better equipped to deal with all of that. But I just think the unpredictability of uh, of the entire season probably helps City in, in one way or another because they can afford maybe to drop a couple of points here and there as long as they make them up elsewhere because I think a lot of teams are going to drop a lot of points this season. Oh, I totally agree. It's very unpredictable. We're seeing that across the board. And it'll be the team that best uh, handles that. You yeah. know, We could talk about Liverpool, but I still think you're going to be right there Along with them, and then uh, it, it'll it'll be who can withstand with, that. Yeah, with with Liverpool, I think the the interesting thing will be they've obviously they're obviously suffering injuries at the moment, so it's yep. going to be a case of how they can get through this period, and right. then when they've get when they get some of the players back, how they how they then cope with it. City have got, I think, City have got a fully fit squad for the first time um, in, in what feels like three years you know uh with uh, they had Laporte out for that most of last season perform. yeah uh, well uh they had Laporte out for most of last season uh the year before that it was De Bruyne that was out all season the year yep. before that it was Mendy that was out all season so they, they they've had they've had somebody that or key players that have been lost so I think it's it's nice to have a, a squad that is fully fit I don't think Aguero is going to be fit for the weekend I think okay. he's still got a few knee, knee troubles but um but we'll, don't we'll get see. me started on Sergio Aguero against home. I, don't, <laughs> I don't even want to go there I've got a little bit of history with him. You're going back to uh, the Europa League final. I don't really want to talk about that. <laughs> but but no, I have a lot of respect. But again, there's player after player. There's quality after quality. But you and I were talking about this off air, and it's a very interesting topic because I'm a big fan of this player. So I want to ask you this, and you had a very good answer for this to me, so share it with the audience. Does Manchester City miss David Silva? Uh, yes and no. Um uh, Silver's problem last season, or a lot of last season, um, was his legs just weren't what they used to be. He could still pass the ball. He could still, I mean, he never took shots on anyway, so so he shoot. But he never had any pace. He never had any uh, any shooting ability from range. So that, none of that was any ever had any a problem. But one thing he could do was read the game really well and press really well. And so he was a key part in in Guardiola's style of play. And I mean, it's no secret when City lose the ball. The idea is that that they hunt it down pretty quickly and they press the opposition and get it back in dangerous areas. David Silva was a key part of that in in 2017, 18, 2018, 19, the two title winning seasons. And then last season, he obviously couldn't run as much or uh, and as fast and as hard as he was doing in the years before. And his numbers dropped off, and he just he just couldn't couldn't do the physical side of it as much as he used to. He could still pass it, he could still create like it like he used to, but. It meant that the team had to shift the shape and, and, and shift how they were going to play to, to kind of have him in there and not detract from, from the game when they don't have the ball. Um, and it just didn't really work that often. There were so many times where it, where it almost worked or, or just, something just felt like a, a missing piece of the puzzle and, and like they just needed a little bit more of an injection of pace into the game. Um, so I don't think they miss that David Silva. I think they miss the David Silva that they had two, three, four years ago or so. The one who could control games right. and the one who could press from the front and and do everything like that. Um, I don't think I've, I, there's not a player that I've ever seen like him. So he's he, for me, he's the best player that City that I've ever seen at City. Uh, of course, and you're going to miss very that. high praise. To yeah. be honest with you. I, and I think, I, I think, of course, you're going to miss that, and I think that's what they miss. They miss the 18 months ago, David yep. Silver, not not David Silver that is that currently exists. Although that being said, he's doing pretty well for Real Sociedad right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, very interesting on uh, Davin Civil. Like I talked to you, Richard Burns could not say enough good things about him two seasons ago. And I really watched him from that point on. Not that I didn't watch Davin Silva, but it really made sense everything that he had said to me. And I really watched closely the impact that he had and on um, Manchester City. So I could see why there would be some kind of an impact. That's why I wanted to bring it up to you. Now, yeah. let's talk a little bit about Pep because, uh, again, this is a different situation. We are dealing with a, a different time for all of, uh, football clubs. So how is he adjusted to the season? Again, we're talking about where Manchester City are right now, but like we talk about a game in hand. Has he had to adjust how he handles his team? How is he handling this season compared to other seasons? I'm curious your view. Um, I, I'm very sorry to say that. I don't actually know. Um, I can't really make my mind up. He's, he's looked... Um... He's looked in, 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 kind of like a, within himself for the past few past few months, and I, I, I wonder. I mean, obviously, the the situation we're in worldwide is is quite a difficult one, um, and I, I just wonder if that's having an effect on him as well. We like we the, the things we have to remember is first off, like he's he's a very passionate person, so he's very passionate on the sidelines, and he, he gets a lot from from the environment that he's working in, yep. and he's been managing behind closed doors, so there hasn't been any of that energy that that you get from the stands that 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 can can kind of influence the uh, the, the game in that sense. Um, throw into the fact as well that that he lost his mum to COVID in in the early days of the pandemic, and you can quickly understand why somebody would be quite uh, quite within themselves for a while, and it's it, it, it must be quite a difficult time for him. And that all of that said, he then goes and signs a new contract uh, in the middle of this season that I don't really understand the timing of. I don't see the point of of signing it in November when you could sign it in 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 August. I don't think right. we've seen anything from City this season that that really suggests that his side have been much different to what they were the year before. And he, he, you know, he'd said himself that he felt that he needed to earn that new contract. So I, I don't know what he'd seen that suggested that he had earned it by that point. Um, flip that round, though, and, and I think the way he's managing the squad this season, he certainly seems to be giving them the kick up the backside that, they, that it feels like they needed last year. Um, he said after he won the title in, in 2017 that he, he'd been really hard on the players that year. Um, and then he was going to try a, a, a different approach and, and, and just try and be a bit of a bit, bit more friendly with them for the year after. And it worked, and they won the title again. And he carried it on last season. And it obviously it feels like like the Guardiola influence wasn't working last season. There were so many times where the team just didn't really look like they'd kick on and, uh, and get anything out of the game. There's so many times last season City had fall behind, and you go, "Well, they're not getting anything out of this game." And then they'd just pass and pass and pass, and just could not find the chances. The worry was that the start of this season, because it was only a couple of well, a couple of weeks after the end of last season, that it would be pretty much a continuation. Um, there's been one or two signs that that might be the case, but then, you know, this week Guardiola has been talking about how he's picking players on form and not on uh, reputation, as he might have done in the past. And you know, he, he dropped Amorik Laporte after after he made a mistake against Spurs, and, and John Stones has suddenly been told, "Oh, well, you're now the first choice centre back." And so these sorts of, of messages from the manager say to me, actually, he's not finished here. Yeah. He's, he's, he feels like he's got a job on his hands and he's going to, he's going to give the players hell until he gets this job done. And you that's know, encouraging I, for you. Yeah. Honestly, I, I've, I, I was worried last season and, and before he signed his new contracts that he, that he was a little bit burnt out and that he'd achieved all he can at City. We might never see the heights that he achieved again. Like, I, we might never see another 98 and 100 point season from City, but. 
I suddenly feel a lot more confident with what he's how he's been in the last kind of two or three games or so. I suddenly feel a lot more confident that um, he's got it within him to to go and and do something extraordinary again at City, knock it down and rebuild it once again. And it's it's, it's exciting to see. And I, I, you look at the other managers that were available at the time. Yep, there, there was only Pochettino that I thought maybe I'd give him a chance. Everybody else, I was I was thinking, well. Guardiola's earned the chance, hasn't he? To you know, if, if you're in this position where where you've had a hundred point season, a ninety eight point season, you've had a clean sweep of everything domestically, the guy deserves a chance to rebuild, doesn't oh, he? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And what's interesting ab- about this, David, is that uh, you know I'm curious on this. You know, again, we're focusing on the league. How much do you think the Champions League drives him as well? That he's not I- won the Champions League is that a part of this? But also the rebuild, I think for many managers and coaches is exciting. You know, it, it's yeah. exciting to try to do it again in a different way. And the fact that he signed a, a two-year extension tells me maybe he's not in it for, say, 10 years down the road, but he certainly has unfinished business. He does. I think the other interesting aspect of this is I don't think there's ever going to be a club that is set up um, as nicely for Guardiola as City is right now. He's got uh, he's got two friends in the boardroom in in the chief exec Ferran Soriano and uh, and the um, sporting director uh, Chiki Bugaristan. He the entirety of City was built to get Guardiola. Once the takeover happened in in two thousand and eight, uh, they they focused on getting that league title. And I mean, they approached him in twenty twelve, um, which either suggests to me they approached him before City won the title and um, and Mancini was was likely to, to lose his job yep. if they didn't win that title, or they were already planning for, you know, down the line when Mancini was out. So I, I they, they, they set their long-term goal on getting Guardiola to City. Um, and now the long-term goal is keep him here as long as they can. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I understand it, you know, Guardiola is never going to be sacked as city manager. He talks about it all the time as, oh, well, if I'm not, if I don't do a good job, I'm sacked. But I'm, I'm, I'm fairly convinced it's never going to happen. Yeah, I'm fairly convinced actually, happen. as long as he says, actually, yeah, I'll go on, I'll, I'll do, I'll do two I'll more stay. years. Yeah. They'll, they'll run with a contract and say, there you go, two <laughs> more years, have it, sign it now immediately. So, well, he, I, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think he's ever going to be in that position where, um, where he is in danger. And so you say not in it for the long haul. I mean, if he finishes this contract, he'll be City's longest serving manager since yeah. Joe Mercer in the, in the sixties. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's, he'll have done seven years and that's, sure. that's, that's a, that's quite a long hit anyway. And, sure. you know, if at the end of that two years, you know, he doesn't think there's anywhere else that's as, that's as well suited to him. And City come along and say, how about two more years? He might well say yes and, and kind of carry it on. So it, like, he, he may end up being in it for the long term by, right. a, sh- by a series of short-term extensions sort of thing. Sure. Uh, very good. It's funny because there are not that many like Sir Alex Ferguson that yeah. are left. And that's just the reality of it. You know, it, you have a, a time period where you're going to be at a club and then you move on. So, so yes, he's been there for, for a while now. And uh you know, for your sake, I, I hope he sticks around. I think it's great for the Premier League that he is at Man City. So I, I hope he stays for as long as he wants. All right. I, I am interested, actually, just before we move on, I, sure, I am ahead. interested in in how it's going to feel as a City fan, um, the post-Pep era, because obviously it will happen. Oh, of course. And like I, 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 I don't really know how I feel about this current Pep era, just because of how good it was in, in 17, 18, 18, 19. That... that team that that won 100 points I've never seen a City team as good as that 
Um, even the team the year after that 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 won uh, all all the domestic trophies. Yep. I I don't think that was as good as the team from the year before, and I I just don't even with Guardiola at the helm and even with the ability to to go out and get players to to replace all those players. You know, I have a, an exciting attacking team. Sure, I'm not I'm not convinced that you can do anything better than that. So like, do I retire now as a fan because because I've seen it all? Like, what what happens now? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's funny because again, different sport, different. Area, you know, I I deal with this situation with uh, with the New England Patriots. They went through a twenty year run and still have the same head coach, but it's a it's a different team now, and uh, that hasn't changed how I feel about the New England Patriots. I don't expect that to change how you feel about Man City. I think you'll always be a Man City supporter to the to the day you die, and uh, very <laughs> passionate about them. I don't see I don't see Pep leaving affecting that at all. To yeah. be honest with you. But um, listen, coming up next, we're going to really dive into this match and get David's thoughts on Man City, then also on Fulham. Okay, David, let's uh, get more into this match. Let's get your key players for Man City against Fulham. Who has to really have a great match? You know, again, listen, let's be honest, Man City should win this match, but who has to play well to get all three points for uh, Man City? I I'm really torn on this about who is actually going to play for City because okay. um, just going back to what Guardiola was saying in his press conferences about picking on form and not not reputation. Yeah. Uh, the form book at the minute says that John Stones should start in a centre back uh, along right. with Ruben Diaz and uh, and Laporte should probably probably miss out. So if he carries on with that with that back four, I think it'll be a big game for for both of those two and a big game for for Benjamin Mendy as well, who will likely start if it, if it again on form. Um, and then the the more interesting question is, well, who do you pick up front for the form? Because obviously Riyad Mahrez has just scored a hat trick against against Burnley. That's right. You can't particularly, you know, if you if if you're saying in in public that I'm picking people on form, you can't just drop the guy who scored three in a game. It's just, it doesn't happen exactly. So then the question becomes, well, who plays on the other side? Is it is it Raheem Sterling? Does he get his chance to come back in because he didn't play against Burnley? Does Phil Foden get the goal because he's he's not played much in the Premier League this season either? Um, and, you know, Bernardo Silva's been in and out of form recently. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see that. My gut instinct is that he'll go with Sterling for this one. Okay. Um, and I, I think I think he needs a bit of a performance at the moment as well, just to, to kind of to, to kickstart his season and, 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 and get him to remember how he how it is when he's in, in full flow. Um Beyond that, I think Gabriel Jesus needs to score as well. Um, he's I, I I really like Jesus. He spends far too much time offside for my liking. But uh, other than that, I think he's I, I think he's a, a a really good option to have behind Aguero. He doesn't he he scores in batches, so he scores two or three against one opposition, then might miss a really easy chance against the the next team or whoever. Um, and he really really beats himself up about it is when you when you hear him talk about about how he feels after games and he says things like uh, oh you know I, sometimes with it, when i've missed that chance i want to kill myself and you, you you're going wait whoa whoa just just ease up a little bit there because like you've, you've been very harsh on yourself here it is yeah, just a little you know it's yeah so i i i i i think he needs a goal for his confidence and, okay. and as soon as he's confident again he'll be banging him in for fun um and it's it, it's just i wonder how much the missed chances prey on his mind and he, he had that one against against burnley where um it was eventually ruled out by the var for offside and i just wonder again if that was playing on his mind for the for the rest of the game and and, and if that'll still play on his mind until he until he finds the net again 
Okay, very good. Boy, the options that you have, it's ridiculous just talking about it. It's making me sick <laughs> to my stomach. Okay, my friend, let's now get your thoughts on Fulham. And, uh, you know, I'm curious your view. I don't know how much you've watched the Fulham this season, but as I told you off air, I don't think, in fact, I know you're not going to see the same team. The players are completely different uh, that you'll be seeing on Saturday, but I think the approach is going to be different. And uh, you had the Slavisa approach who decided he wanted to come to Man City and play, you know, play. He wanted to play. Yeah. I, I Something tells me you're going to see what Fulham did against Leicester City and try to play you on the break and basically just hunker down. And uh, it worked very well. But we'll yeah, see. I watched, I watched the game against Leicester. And what were your uh, thoughts? Was, I, I was quite impressed with the way... Um, I mean, obviously, Leicester have pace on the counter-attack, so it, it makes right. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely no sense for Fulham to go there and attack them and, and sit in their half and go, go on, there's a lot of space for you to run into. <laughs> so I, I thought they played it perfectly. And, um, I, I mean, it was it was strange because watching that game, I, I, I was sitting there thinking, Fulham are defending well and, you know, Leicester have got the ball, but they're, they're not getting through. And they did, they did I, nothing I, as, with the ball. Yeah, as soon as, uh, as soon as I saw that happening... The alarm bells were ringing because City City have spent months and months and months passing and passing and passing in front of an opposition that isn't going anywhere. Um, the interesting thing is, I was reading Scott Parker has a run. Does it, he has a run of something like forty nine games where if Fulham have scored first, he's not lost. It's crazy, and yeah, and that that's again scares me because what if if Fulham nick a goal on the break and and take the lead? They're very good at defending a lead. City are not very good at coming from behind, so. If City don't get that early kill, if they don't get the early the early goal that 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 really sets the opposition plans, you know, up into the air, right? Then they start to struggle. If it's nil nil on the hour mark, you know, it starts to get a little bit mm, bit, bit tetchy. Are we, are we gonna are we gonna get the breakthrough today? Are we, are we just gonna keep wasting chances, sort of thing? So. I think Fulham should. If you want my advice on how to play City, I mean, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a manager, so I'm not, uh, I, I, I'm not going to be able to, to, to say with any confidence. But my guess would be: sit tight and sit deep and cut out the spaces. And if City end up in a position where, if Benjamin Mendy can't play, for instance, if his if his injury or if his if his knee problems are, are, are not sufficient that he can play, and they end up with Jao Cancelo at left back and Carl Walker at right back, the pitch will be very narrow at the top end. And City then can struggle to get through in that sense. So if you play a back five with a narrow pitch, and yep. I mean, we sold you Tosin Adarabayo at the start of the season, and he's been brilliant for Fulham yep. this season. Um, then it, it could really get quite, uh, quite, quite tight and quite difficult for City to get through. And then all it takes is uh, Luckman on the break, and yep. you know you get get one good one good shot, and you know City. They have been very good defensively this season, City. But all I mean, all it takes sometimes is is one shot on target. You know, hit the target, you might score a goal. That's that's, that's right. the old adage, isn't it? So, you know, it's uh, it, it, it could just take one chance, and it could be difficult. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm not expecting City to win. I do think City should win the game. Right. Um, but then again, I'm not going to lie and say that I think it'll be a walk in the park. I think I think it'll be a lot harder than it was a few years ago. You mentioned that the the, the last time Fulham came to the Etihad. Yep. Um, you know, uh, there was a couple of, I, I was speaking, I, I upset a couple of Fulham fans afterwards when I was speaking to them yep. because uh, I, I said, no, if, if Fulham play like that, they'll go down this season because they're, they're, yep. they're just, they're not showing enough, enough nous in the games. Um, I think Scott Parker has got them playing with a lot more nous and a lot oh, more absolutely. understanding of, of, of what you need to do. And there's a, there's, there's an old, uh, I get really frustrated with pundits on TV here that say things like, 
Um, oh, well, they score enough goals, they'll be safe. And that's not how you stay up in the Premier League. You stay up by not conceding goals. That's right. And Fulham have... have, have I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the way Fulham defended against Leicester. And, I, and if you can replicate that in other games, they'll stay up, no problem. And that, to me, is uh, a big sign. And I'm glad that we talked about this. It's funny, I was going to ask you how does Fulham win this match. You beat me to the, to the point. I was going <laughs> to put you in the shoes of Scott Parker. You already took it, David. You beat me there. So, But, but I'm glad that you talked about that because... When I look at this match and, uh, you know, listen, I'm, I'm going to predict and I'm not going to predict a, a foam victory. There's no way I'm going to do that. But I will say this. If they can weather the storm and, like you mentioned, if they can get to the half nil-nil or if they, like you said, nick a goal, well, then they have a shot to get something out of this. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying win. They, can, they have a shot because I was actually asked about doing a video for the Premier League fan zone and they w- wanted to know couldn't Fulham pull off an upset or, or a shocker. And I said, I said, there's a slight possibility, but everything has to go right. Like you mentioned, they have to score first. And uh, if they can survive what I would say the first 20 minutes, and then for some reason, either get a goal or be even at the half, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens yeah. at that point. I mean, it, and, it does happen. I mean, yeah. look at, look at, at City's uh, previous Premier League title wins. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, less so in the Guardiola era, I grant you. Um, but you look at, uh, at that Pellegrini title. Um, Cardiff, yeah. beat, Cardiff beat City in, uh, early in the season. And, you know, Cardiff went on to, to go down. City went on to win the title. Right. These, these one-off games, they it, 90 minutes yeah. of football, it happens. And yeah. that's that. Uh, as much as, as there has been an ever-increasing growth in the Premier League between the teams at the top and the teams at the bottom. I mean, it's, you know, 15 years ago, it'd have been unthinkable that you'd have a team that that would score 100 points and then 98 right. points. And, and like Liverpool have done, what was it, 99 and, and 97? was I can't, I can't remember the totals, but it, it, it's something similar like that. It's unthinkable you'd get that in, in, in successive seasons. So the fact that that has happened and the fact that uh, that, that, that the, the difference between the top end and the bottom end has stretched has made these results even more unlikely, but yep. you still get them from time to time. City, sure. I mean, City, I remember Stoke coming to the Etihad a few years ago and, uh, and nicking a 1-0 on the break. City passed and passed and passed and could yeah. not find a way for, to, to, to get a decent chance on target. And it, it, it just happens. Everything has to be in the right place, like you say. You have to have, yep. you know, you have to score at the right time, and you have to defend well, and nobody nobody puts a foot wrong. But sure. these these are players that are capable of doing it. So it's it, it's it's just about you know what goes right for you and what goes wrong for you on the day, really. Okay. One last thing before we get to your starting eleven and your prediction for this match, I want to ask you about Adarabayo Tosin because uh, I have to tell you, so far so good. You know. It's going to take him time to really fully gel along with Joachim Anderson, but I like what I see from him. I'm still amazed that we got him for such a small price. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> okay, and uh, I'm curious your view on why he's not part of your setup. What happened there? Because I see the potential. Yeah. I- not just play with Fulham, to, but honestly, to be a top Premier League defender. What ha- What happened at Man City? I honestly have no idea. Um, and I, I mean, he was out on loan last season, so there was uh, he, he couldn't be recalled to come in and 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 help City out. Um, but there, you look at the defensive issues that City had last season, and not so much the seasons before, but uh, but but in twenty sixteen, um, you know, Otamendi was never the solution to that, and 
okay, he had a, he had a good season in seventeen and seventeen eighteen, but it, it like. He was never the player that City needed. Uh, they lost Laporte last season to injury, and they, they ended up with Fernandinho playing in the in the back four, and Eric Garcia, who you know has, has quite openly talked about wanting to go back to to Barcelona. Is a, is a youth player anyway, and you know is hasn't been fantastic as uh, at centre back for City. And then you look at, at what well, I think he was at Blackburn last season, wasn't he? Yes. Bio. Um You look at what he was doing for Blackburn. Okay, in the Championship, but it's it, it, it was still it was still fairly good, and then. You kind of wonder, well, maybe you should give him a chance. But yeah. his 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 path to the first team was always going to be blocked as soon as City went. Well, look, we need to sort out the defense. Let's get Nathan Ake in. Let's get whoever else in. They were going for Koulibaly for a long time, and it ended up being uh, Ruben Diaz. So when you've got the defensive options, then of being Stones, Ake, Diaz, and Laporte, Adarabio just isn't going to get into that setup. No, no matter how well he does in training, sort of thing. Yeah. And so I, I. I I wonder if I, I don't know the ins and outs of the of the deal for for Adarabio, but I do wonder if City have um, any clauses in the deal that say that that either have a sell on price so if Fulham make a, a profit on him, City get some of the some of the profit, or if uh, City have a first option to to, to, to reset if, if Fulham are looking to sell, City have the option to sign him back again at a specific price or something like that. I don't know. I, I, it, it seems it was awfully surprising. low. Yeah. It it just it didn't seem right, you know. And, and again, listen, it, it's. A good deal for Fulham, but I'm glad that you brought this up. It's it's what we don't know about the actual deal itself. Yeah. We, we we don't know. And I mean, City traditionally are not great at selling players. Um, they, uh, you look at somebody like Leroy Sane, for instance. You yeah. Know, any any other summer, Leroy Sane is nearly a hundred million pounds, if not if not a hundred million pounds. And they let him go so cheap because he's had a knee injury, and uh, you know they, they kept him for a season longer than they should have done, really. And I, I, like I, just these sorts of things add up, and City City consistently don't sell players very well. That said, they don't need to sell players, so they're not in a position where it's a disaster if they don't get a, a lot of money for them. And on the flip side, they tend to get the best years out of players. I can't think of many players that have yep. left City and gone on to do better things elsewhere than than they did at City. The only one would probably be Jerome Boateng from, from back in in, in twenty eleven. And even then, I don't think City fans were that impressed by him for, for the season that he spent at City. I don't think many of them would have expected him to go on to do well with Bayern Munich. So I I, I, I think Adarabio might end up being one of these players that um, we look at it and go, why on earth was the transfer fee so low? Because he's doing so well elsewhere. But equally, you go, well, it was probably the right time for City to sell him anyway. And yeah, it, it kind of it, it's worked out for everybody. City have got yeah. a bit of money for the player. Fulham have got a great player, and the players playing first team football, so everybody wins sort of way. Absolutely, and uh, let's be honest. Um, for me, I'm I'm happy that he's with us, and and I look forward to watching him grow as a player. All right, let's go to your starting eleven. You've already kind of been talking a little bit about, it, but give me your starting eleven for Man City, and then I'll share mine for Fulham. I um I struggle with with who he's going to pick because of of the form rotation thing. Um, he'll go with Edison in goal um, because it, it just the the experienced keeper at the club. Um, in front of him, I'm I'm expecting uh, Mendy at left back, uh, Walker at right back, and then uh, actually Diaz and uh, Stones as the centre back pairing again. Keep that settled. Um, I I don't I don't know whether he'll pick Rodri and Gundogan together. Um, I, I think a lot of fans don't want him to do that and want him to to move away from what's been called the double pivot in midfield. Um, but I think he likes it. I think he likes the option, the, the passing range that Gundogan offers. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see those two and uh, and then Kevin De Bruyne with him. 
And, you know, ahead of them as a front three, it's kind of uh, kind of toss the cards in the air and see where they land because uh, I don't think Aguero is going to be fit. So I think uh, I think they'll, they'll carry on with Jesus as the centre forward. I don't think you can drop Mares after scoring a hat-trick in, uh, in the last game. Uh, that said, he'll probably go on and do it now. Um, and then for me, it'd be Raheem Sterling on, on the left-hand side and, and, and kind of play with that 4-3-3 narrow front and have Mendy getting, getting the width on the left. Okay, very good. All right. I'll now share uh, my uh, phone starting 11, and, and I'm just going to be open and just say this is going to be the starting 11 that played against Leicester City. I don't see any reason changing it. But what's interesting about that is that you're going to have two players that are your star players that I'm leaving out. I'm leaving out Tom Kearney, and I'm leaving out Alexander Mitrovic. But I think you have a winning formula, and I think you go with the players that give you the best chance to get a result. So I'm going to say that Scott Parker is not going to change anything. I say he's going to go with with a – I'm going to say a back three. I'm going to say it's going to be Anderson, Adarabayo, and then I'm going to say that uh, Olaena will play another center back. So it's going to be a th- three center backs. And then, of course, you're going to have Ariola in net. On the right the right wing back, I, I think he's going to go with Bobby Dekadova-Reed again, which, again, was a brave decision, but it worked really well. And then Anthony Robinson on the other side. Then you get into the middle, and this is where it gets interesting because it's hard for me to leave Kearney out. I, I, that's the one thing that I think that he has a tough decision on, but how do you replace Harrison Reed? And you're not going to replace Angisa. And then it becomes either Kearney or or Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm going to say he's going to still go with Ruben Loftus-Cheek. And then he's going to go up front. And, he's, you know, again, you know, it, it was an interesting decision to go with up front being uh, Ivan Cavallaro. But that's what he did. And it worked out well. So that's what I'm going for. Oh, I'm sorry. With uh, w- I forgot to mention obviously Adam Lookman as well. So I don't think I left anyone out. I probably did, and <laughs> if I did, sorry about that, everyone. But it, it was the point in that where I was naming my team where I was thinking, is that ten or eleven? I was like, wait a minute, I, I, I remember that's ten or eleven. <laughs> um, if I did, I'm sure someone's going to remind me that I uh, that I left. So I I almost left out Lookman, which would have been uh, very bad of me to to leave out Adam Lookman. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, let's get to it. Give me your prediction for this match. I haven't had to make a score prediction yet for this game because uh, I I didn't do one on, on our podcast, so okay. I, I, I don't know. I think I, I think it'll I think City will win. I think it'll be really tight and really difficult. And I'm going to say two nil, two nil. Okay, and I definitely can see that. I'm going to say this, and uh, you know, and again, I, I was going back and forth, and uh, you know, honestly, I'm going to go with you. You know, it's funny. I, I was either going to go two or three nil. I'm going to go with you because. Because you have the score down. I'm just going to agree with you. I'm going to go 2 0. I was going to say 3 0. You know, and again, nothing against Fulham. I just think that this is one of the teams that I just don't know if they match up well enough with if they can stop what Man City wants to do. If they move the ball as quickly as, I, as they potentially can, I think they'll eventually break Fulham down. I think that, that was the problem with Leicester City. They just couldn't do that. They that's, didn't do that's that. The that's the key. That's the key. If you move the, things, the ball City, quickly. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things City haven't been doing recently is moving the ball quickly. So that that's what changed against Burnley. So if they can carry on like that, then I'll be feeling confident again. Okay, okay, very good. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For my very special guest, David Mooney, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping 
and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.